0: Episode 437, How to Prepare Your Money for Life with Harry Stout. The Awaken Your Alpha podcast, tracking down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. I'm Adam Lewis Walker, host of the number one men's development podcast that is now a best-selling book, Awaken Your Alpha, Tales and Tactics to Thrive. And it is my mission to share you the real stories, the useful stuff, the juicy stuff, and the reality of what it takes to thrive. Do the little guy a favor. Subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my bag. AYAlpha.com. This episode is sponsored by this week's featured guest, Harry Enstow, author, founder, and financial expert. Harry is the author of the Financial Verse books and content. All Financial Verse books are available from Amazon and national book retailers. If you've got any questions, want any help and advice, please do reach out to Harry and his Financial Verse organization based out of Florida. His cell number is 843. 843- 460 3218, and also on financialverse.com. Get to the podcast. This week on Awaken Your Alpha, we're going to be talking about money for life. So that sounds good to me. So I'm excited to dig into this one. We've got Harry Stout, and he is a senior leader in the global financial services businesses with an expertise in personal finance, life insurance annuities, product innovation, and business management. He's over 30 years of financial services industry experience in the U.S., abroad, working in Europe, Northern Asia, Africa, New Zealand, Australia. The bio goes on and on, but most recently he wrote The Financial Verse, which presents a straightforward, easy-to-read explanation of what you can expect to experience at each stage of your financial life. I don't think anyone can say they, they don't need to learn a little bit more about money or they wouldn't want money for life. So, Harry, are you ready to awaken your alpha today?
1: Yes, I am. Let's go.
0: That's quite a hook. You know, you got me. What are you all about? Is there anything you'd like to add to your bio or did I kind of cover it?
1: What I'm trying to do, I've reached the stage of my life, which I call the fulfilling stage, where what I'm trying to do is give back. And I've got over 30 years experience in money. And today people lack money knowledge. So I want to give back. So we, as you look at it, and, and you might find this funny, maybe you won't. Uh, but in most countries around the world, we spend more time educating people on how to drive a vehicle, car, truck, whatever, than we do to drive money. And it's, it's a problem around the world. There's just a lack of money knowledge. So what I've tried to do with my books and the content that I produce is to really help people understand what a what a financial life looks like And how they need to prepare, what they need to do, who they can talk to. And I try to do it just by talking with people, making sure they're in simple terms so they can understand better what they can do to make their lives
0: better. Was finance always a clear kind of option for you? Tell us a little bit about the journey. Uh,
1: yes. My, my background's always been in, uh, around numbers. I, I started out as a certified public accountant. Please do not hold that against me. A lot of times people uh, don't believe that CPAs are creative. They believe they're just analytical. I'm a creative CPA. So my career has been in the financial services side. I've, I was a CPA for a decade. Uh, after that, went into the financial services business, and I've worked in all sorts of different all sorts of different aspects of the financial services business around the globe, primarily with advice, investments,
0: helping people. What do you mean by money for life? But also, some of the huge mistakes that you see as a you know a financial advisor that obviously seem probably glaringly obvious to you, but you see people getting tripped up by it a lot.
1: Money, money for life to me is. No one ever sat down with me when I was a young man and said, here's, here's what your life's gonna look like. Here are the stages of your life. Here are the, the kind of obstacles you're gonna come up against, the challenges you'll face. Nor did they say, where can you go for where, where can you go for advice? So if you look at today's world, I, I've divided the world into financial life of financial life into three stages. You'll laugh at these, maybe you won't. Adulting and that's really and that's from a, from the time you're born up until the time you reach age 30. I call it the journey to 30. Mm-hmm. And hopefully by age 30 then you're financially on your own. The bank of mom and dad is closed at age 30 and then you move into your striving phase where you're earning you're earning your life's income. And I think today, with all the circumstances that we face Adam that 's going to extend till age seventy. Mm-hmm. so most people are going to have to work longer than they 've they thought about and um, it it 's just the reality of of um, i think that will be declining economic circumstances, tougher time earning money, money will become much more precious. but the other thing is they 're going to have to fund longer life expectancies and then after they finish that striving stage at age at age seventy they move into their fulfilling stage and you'll notice I don't call it retirement. I call it the fulfilling stage. And the reason is today many people want to continue to work. Yeah. They want to continue to work. They find that, or they'll say, look, I'll do charitable work. I'll spend time with my family. Yeah. I'll and with, travel and with
0: technology today as well. When, you know, if you do get older and you don't want to, go out and travel around much as, or go to an office now. There's so many options to do you know, a version of your original job or use your expertise on, you know, on platforms like this and using technology. Oh, sure. And then the other
1: thing is we're all have a lot better health. Yeah. And, and we want to keep contributing. We want to keep moving. It's, it's a different world. So think about that for a second now. I've got you up. I've got you up And probably that last stage, that fulfilling stage for most people is going to be age 90 or above. So when you look at it, How do you plan for a long, long life expectancy? You have to think differently than we thought before. And on top of this, this whole pandemic situation really has created a situation where there's a reset for people. You have to really think differently. And um, there are a lot of different factors in play. But so think about your life up to age 95. What are you going to do? How are you going to earn the requisite income to pay for those 95 years? How do you save? How do you put money away for later? And so many people today are focused on, well, I'll take care of today, money for now. I I, I wanna be able to spend today and take care of things. But you're actually gonna have to think with a much longer time duration in place. And that changes behaviors, The lifestyle you have today—maybe for some people it does, for some other people it doesn't—but you need to think differently. So, what I'm trying to do is bring an awareness to: here's what a financial life looks like, and in each of these stages, you have obstacles, questions, things that are gonna come up. When you have children, how do you protect them? How do you make decisions on where to go to college, where not to go to college? As you get older, how do you pay for health healthcare? Uh, mm-hmm. These are all major issues, and uh, people really need to begin to think about them differently. And, and w- one of the reasons for that, Adam, is I believe that, in, in outward, and we're talking today in the United States, um, the United States social safety net is not as, is not as robust as as many people think and i think people are starting to understand it you you can't rely on the government to be your life insurer of last resort your uh, income provider of last resort yeah, your, you know all you, you just can't do that
0: yeah so I, I know in, in your book as well, it's made up of, you know, decisions, resources, risk, tools, you would like to kind of, I mean, would you want to share any sort of key tips or I know you can't share it all. So one of the things, one of two things that you think are really useful uh, and tools and p- things people can start to, you know, apply from listening to this episode?
1: Oh, absolutely. I think one of the key, I mean, two two key things are you, number one, you have to learn. You've got to learn about money. Now in our country today, believe it or not, only 19 states require that an individual takes a personal finance course by the time they graduate high school. Only 19 states. And, and by the way, if you graduated high school prior to 2010, that might have been nine
0: states. Yeah. So,
1: so for most people, there's no formal personal financial
0: education. That yeah, they've and got. When I was at school, I was just thinking the, the closest I probably would have got to that would have been maths. Oh, math. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, people have been saying this for years, you know, it's such a vital thing. And it's just not really covered in schools. No, it's, yeah.
1: not, it's not. And then, um, uh, so you drill down and you, you see that we don't teach it. On top of that, the average American today only spends 10 minutes a day reading. If you have a knowledge uh, deficiency, a knowledge gap, can you fill it? Well, folks don't spend a lot of time reading. They spend two and a half hours on social media, but they don't spend time reading. So one of the first things that I try to do to people is, is look, you need to spend two spend two hours a week learning about money 17 minutes a day and you can do that a variety of different ways you can listen to podcasts that's that's one of the things i promote on website there's so much free content and information for you to be to use to begin to get more not more educated about money so
0: around that point i mean like there is so much so how would you because obviously not all of it is good and obviously some of it is just you know different opinions How, I mean, from your point of view, what what do you think are some credible sources or or even the other way, what ones where you think actually, There's a lot of misinformation there. It's not your cup of tea.
1: What I do is this. In in my books and in my website, I point out for people a whole list of resources. And what I suggest to people is pick a couple of, I I gave them a list of about 10 or 15 different podcasts. I said, pick one or two, but you're right. There's a tremendous amount of information out there. What I'm suggesting to you is you can pick a few sources and just get started Mm -hmm. and, uh, and do that. So I think that on the media and content side, there's so much there for you, but just pick a couple of things. And there's a number of different sources that you can go to um, that that
0: are available in case someone catches this and they don't manage to follow up with your books and or the even the show notes yeah. would be is there some sources out there that are quite well known or some whether you think actually the information is not that good or it's misinformation at least for your philosophy is there one that you think does it stand out when whenever you oh, yeah. see it you're just like oh i wouldn't yeah. recommend that to my clients for example
1: no what i to what say to you this i would recommend all of the kiplinger publications okay. and that's one of the few uh, resources that have been around for decades—that's good quality information for people. They have uh, a free, uh, free daily updates that you can subscribe to. They have uh, one of the last printed magazines because print's going away. They have one <laughs> of the last printed yep. copies. I like that one too. By the way, it's good. And so I think that's a really great source for people. So that's a way to get started. And from there, you'll pick up articles a lot of from a lot of different sources. Brilliant. So. So the, 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 the lifelong learning money side is so, so important for people. You've got to improve your knowledge. So take that two hours a week and spend it learning about money, economics, and what's going on. I think that's really a, a key thing people can do. Now, the second thing I'm going to tell you is, and, and, and your, eyes will, your eyes will glaze over, you may fall off your chair, and I describe it a couple of different ways. People really need to have a plan or a budget for their cash flow they need to sit down and really have an idea of how much cash they have coming in and how much cash they have going out. Typically, if I call that a budget, people will turn off because they believe budgets are constraining. They restrict them in a major way. So what I describe to people is you need to adopt reflective practices when it comes to your money. How much do I have coming in? Are, am I aware of what I'm spending and what's going out? Because there are certain basic rules in money, and I, I put this out in my books, that you can't escape. For instance, you can't spend more than you make for a long duration of time and come up with a satisfactory result. It's just yeah. not going to work. On the other hand, I don't, I don't, I'm not one of these people that says, don't buy that coffee, don't go to Starbucks, don't do this. They're all your choices. You can decide how to spend your money. But all I know is at the end of the day, if you spend more than you make, it's not a good situation for you and your future's not good. So I think learning and having a financial plan. Now, when you have a financial plan, it's a really great idea to have a, to work with a professional, work with a financial planner to help you lay out exactly what you're doing because uh, there's an old saying by an old baseball player, if you don't know where you're going, you may not get there. And having a budget and having cash flow in place, it gives you comfort. And today, one of the problems we have in our society is people have a high degree of anxiety and stress when it comes to money. And we see the reports every day. And actually today, as you and I are recording, there was another report this morning that that's gone up. Uh, people's stress and anxiety has gone up even higher because of the pandemic.
0: Yeah, I can, I can imagine that definitely. And you mentioned that usually you don't sort of say, don't buy that coffee and that, you know, that sort of things, but there are people who just spend and don't have a budget and spend you know, on credit. Your thoughts on the person who is holding off life too much in terms of, they're planning for retirement, planning for retirement. They are like cutting back on little luxuries, like minor stuff. And they really feel like it's all about providing for tomorrow and they're never really being present. And they're just working, working, working too much prep. Do you find that a lot? I mean, what's your thoughts around that? And fingers crossed, we all get to like 1995, but you know, it's not a given and their, their life may have been spent for this, you know, wonderful retirement that never happens. I mean, what are your thoughts around that?
1: I think what you need to do is there are people like that, by the way, I think they're the minority, mm. but, but you need to sit down and figure out what your financial values are. And what do you want to do today versus what you want to plan for the long term. And I'll give you, a, I'll give you a personal example for me. Um, going back a number of years ago, I lost my father and my brother within a six month period of time.
0: Ooh, not good. That. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, and it was uh, uh, unexpected for both. At the same time, my assistant at the company I was working in, her parents, um, uh, she had a really tough time, and her, her uh, mother passed away, and it's an interesting story, because her mother and father had saved, 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 and this will build on what you're saying, save, 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 the uh, father turned 65, they retired, they went on a cruise together on, for his 65th birthday, and she passed away six months later, and they had put off uh, they had put off all sorts of travel, everything key key enjoyment of life until he reached age sixty five for I mean, me loads of stories like this If you set your financial values, I have travels important to me used to be yeah, uh, before, exactly. before before lockdown and quarantine uh, so so I think you need to sit down and and develop your values relating to money. And if travel is one of them and you want to balance your life, then build in one or two trips a year. But you also have to put some away for those future days. You can't put none. And that's what so many Americans today, they don't really have any retirement savings. Mm. And and Adam, the key thing is, and this, a lot of people haven't sat down to do this, but the average social security benefit for for people is about $1,700 a month. Not a lot of money. And when you then factor in healthcare costs when you get older, because they do arise, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of money if you're just going to use Social Security. Social Security was designed to provide 40% of people's earnings at the time they retire for the, for the average person, 40%. That's not enough to live today. No. So you've got to have your own personal pot of money, your own personal savings. So I, I think that the, in answer to your question, in a long winded way, it's balance. People need to, to to enjoy today, but they also have to put away money for tomorrow. And unfortunately healthcare is getting, I mean, our healthcare getting better. We're, we're living longer. And you watch over the next few years, we're probably, they're going to have a breakthrough. We're going to live even longer because if we can get through the virus and we find we, we find a way to deal with that in a very positive way. I think you might find uh, they cure other diseases also. And then uh, uh, we all live longer. And um, I talked to someone recently who told me that uh, as we get closer and closer on these things, if we find a way to cure cancer, we'll all live to be 125 years old. And think about that for a second. So how long do I work if I'm if I, Yeah, you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you only had cut like 60, 65 and then you like half your life left. Yeah. What, yeah what, what, what have I got left? <laughs> but,
1: but, the, but these are real things that are, going to, that are happening as we, as we live. So I think it's a, I think it's a matter of balance, but to have balance, you need a plan.
0: When it comes to the sort of financial plan, obviously we're talking about saving and putting your money in the right place and investing. Do you help people much with maximizing their income? Because you can't invest if you haven't got income coming in. And if you just like scrimp and save, scrimp and save another obvious way is to earn more. So what, what are your thoughts around that? Do you advise people of that? Do you have, or is it, is it really you deal with people when they, they've got the money and then you're sort of helping them plan it and put it in the right places?
1: Well, I think if you look at it, your ability to earn a lifetime income is your number one asset. And that's the same for everyone. And, and really, that's your biggest asset that you have is yourself. So what I, what I say to folks is, look, you've got to keep your skills as as high as they possibly can. We've seen what's just happened with uh, the pandemic. You know, we have 12 and a half million people without jobs. And many of those people are going to have to retrain for a new job. I mean, if there are no jobs piloting planes... And I'm a pilot, I'm going to have to find another field to do. And so we've got a couple of these shocks coming forward. So what I say to people is keep your skills as um, as high as they possibly can be. Make sure you're employable so that you can earn that cash flow every month. So you, you need to do that. And there are going to be times in your life, particularly for younger people, including your sons, they're going to have to retrain a number of times. They'll probably have 15 jobs during their careers so the 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 ability to learn to retrain so you can qualify for new positions is going to be significant so um and i write about this initially i thought that um uh what i'll call the fourth industrial revolution all the the advent of technology and the way artificial intelligence and all these new technologies are coming into into the fore for us that's going to dislocate a lot of people from jobs
0: and on that note, I was wondering your thoughts between being an employee and entrepreneurship and how they fit and your opinions on that. Because, you know, you said like making sure they're employable. And then there's I know there's some podcasters, uh, you know, a friends, his shows called Proudly Unemployable. And there's obviously the world is opening up. And like you say, you can't just rely on the jobs might be gone. The- well, that's a,
1: that's a really that's a really um, interesting question.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> and, 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 and what I mean by that is some people do not psychologically, they're not entrepreneurs. Mm. They're much better off in a, in a corporate environment, doing the things that you need to do from a corporate standpoint. Other people, I would totally agree with you, they should be out on their own and pursuing things because they don't fit in that corporate world. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think a lot of it's, it's psychological. It's how you fit. Yeah. Um, there, there are a whole
0: series of questions. Uh, for it's, instance, it's, it's interesting. As well, because like, everyone always yeah. think corporate jobs or employ, you know, s- says some high, high stress positions. But I mean, entrepreneurship very stressful. I think for m- most people who are doing it, and then like you say, for some people, it would be you know unbearable.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 absolutely. So yeah. I, I think you have to figure out what, what, may, what, what you're, you sit down and many people. Do you work to live? Do you live to work? Um, if you're an entrepreneur, it's going to take really dedicated effort to to build that business. And I've done both, by the way. And uh, I'm, I, I find I'm somewhere in the middle, actually. Um, yeah. I'm somewhere in the middle. I, I, can, I can work in a corporate environment and make things better and help people be and improve that company, make it a better culture and be successful. Starting something from scratch, it takes really uh, a, set, a unique set of skills. I really value those people that can do that because it really, it really takes a lot. So I think it gets down to who you are personally, mm. what you want out of life and what you're looking to, uh, looking to achieve. I'm not the person to talk to about that get rich quick, be a millionaire overnight. That's not my approach. My approach is helping people make better decisions to have financial security in their lives. Because if you don't have to worry about where that next paycheck's coming from to be able to pay your bills or take care of your family, life's a lot different for people. Uh, They're so much more relaxed, less anxiety, less stress, and they're more mindful. They can enjoy their lives in a very positive way. And Adam, if you're if you're always worried about money, and I I grew up like this, and I know how bad this can be, it really colors because every, everything becomes a financial decision. Yep,
0: yeah. And it's it's just
1: not it's just not good. And so uh, it's something that uh, if you can take the anxiety of money out of your life. Your life becomes a lot better.
0: We're going to move into the alpha round now. So I would like to start that off with: Is there a particular quote that really sums up your approach to life, or a favorite quote?
1: There's three, and, and these have been really important to me in, in my business career, and I think really have helped me. The first is Stephen Covey's "Begin with the End in Mind," mm-hmm. which is uh, which I think is very powerful. The second one comes from Ken Blanchard, who's the gentleman who wrote "Don't You, you Move My Cheese." Okay. Uh, and, and the quote is: "Feedback is the breakfast of champions." So, uh, oh, like that <laughs> and and, the, and that's a good one in the sense that if you tell someone, just give me the feedback, am I doing well? That's great. Am I not doing well? That's great. It's not personal. So just let me know, you know, yeah. just let me understand. And the third is uh, from uh, uh, Dennis Waitley, who's very, been a very influential person in my life. He's a psychologist. Failure is like fertilizer. Failure is like fertilizer. Mm, I never and, heard that one. I like that one a lot. <laughs> And, there, and the reason is, and I believe you know this, you, in life, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes.
0: As painful as they can, can be. I think, well, all the, you know, the people I interview, the people who are doing really well is, is their approach to failure. And they, they, they take it on as feedback and they just, you know, they don't let it hold them back or dwell on it like they're a failure. It's that didn't work that way. They're getting closer to what's going to work. Yeah.
1: And that's, and by the way, that works in business, works in your personal life how can I get better? What can I do to be a better person, father, uncle, son, all the relationships I have in my life? What can I do? How can I be better with money? People are going to make mistakes, but did they learn from those mistakes and then position themselves for future success?
0: Was there a particularly impactful book for you as you, you know, gone through your career?
1: First is a book called first things first by Stephen Covey. And it's about time management Mm -hmm. and, one of the things that I struggled with when my children were younger was how do I balance all my time? How do I balance my, my, my time with my children, my time at my job and, and time for myself? How, how do you do all those things? And what the book does is it, it gives you a framework for you to make decisions about how, where do you spend your time and how do you look back and make sure you're doing it correctly? So first things first. And the second is going back to Dennis Waitley again. And I, I, this one was powerful for me as a young man, his book, the psychology of winning. And, uh, it really just pointed out. And the thing I've, I've learned from this, and I teach this today, by the way, the number one characteristic of winners is a positive expectant attitude. And, uh, that's what I want. You know, you're, I'm, I'm going to win. It's just a matter of time. So, what do I, what, what do I need to do to win? And uh, I've always held that with me. So, if you have a positive attitude, especially in difficult times, you'll, you'll find a way through it.
0: Awesome. Probably throughout the show, we mentioned quite a few different resources. But I mean, around financial planning, and you mentioned some resources earlier, is there any specific resource you want to share that you haven't shared already? Or I uh, know you talked about a habit already of weekly reading and getting your knowledge up. Is there anything? else that you feel is left unsaid around the resources that you want to share.
1: I don't have a specific text to give to give yeah. to uh, to give to you today. And and the reason I'm 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 really not as clear as you'd like me to be Adam is that one of the problems with personal finance is it's personal. And yeah. for people how, if you I what I try to do is present enough different things so that people can latch on to a particular subject technique or tool to help them improve their lives so uh, your situation is different than mine other people we would meet would, would have different situations also so um, that's my thought on that that particular yes. topic
0: on that note i mean this is probably very hard and especially it may change from year to year but are there either investments or things that people who are like they're conscious of money they're active in their finances in trying to look at and plan for you know the future mistakes they you think they make or at this time you think that's not the best place to put your investments or just some common mistakes like i know you literally just said it's personal and it's very so is there anything like that
1: i think it's, it's a great question i think the number one thing people need to do is they they need to be comfortable saying i don't know and seeking out a coach or seeking out someone to help them. And we kind of avoid that when it comes to money because many times people are afraid to uh, expose their lack of knowledge or their discomfort with a particular area. Mm -hmm. Hey, look, you'll go get a coach to help you, uh, to, to, uh, to make you more flexible. You'll go see a psychologist to help you with different issues you've got in your life that are troubling. Talking to an advisor, getting advice, and not enough people do this, Adam, that's really the key because people can help you and coach you. These are not evil people. They're they're there to listen to you, to help you be to, to get to the outcomes that you want. So I think the, the number one thing that people don't do that they should do is ask for help.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean on that note, in your financial life, what has been your most challenging time where you're like because again, just because you're in that realm, obviously I'm sure everyone has struggles at different points. When was there a time where you really felt like you had to like up your knowledge or you really had to get a handle of your finances? or just a real you know, challenge when you had to awaken your alpha? Is there anything like that spring to mind?
1: Absolutely. It, it happened to me as a, as, a, as a young man in my teenage years. My family was struggling significantly, and I did not want to have to struggle. I did not want to have to deal with financial matters daily. So I, 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 started, to try, I started to learn what did I have to do to create a life for myself where this didn't have to take place. So uh, that, that's a life event you know, a shock. My father had a tough time um, with his job. I had a brother who was ill and our family had to spend a lot of money on his medical care. So it really woke me up. So I think what happens to people is life crises, Mm. you know, divorce, death in the family, Job loss; these are all things that come up, and you have to be prepared to deal with them. And in our society today, what many people do is they figure they'll they'll run a GoFundMe campaign to take care of these uh, these potholes that that happen in life, yeah. and that's not bad. And I'm not downgrading what GoFundMe can do, but that you don't know if people are going to be charitable when you need them to be charitable. So you need that self-reliance. You need to sit down and 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 build your financial life and the strength and the funds necessary for you to be successful. So if these life crises hit you, which they will, yeah. you're,
0: that you're prepared. Yeah. I feel like sometimes if people start earning more and more money. Their expenses just go up and up and up and they yes. live up to that means, which kind of, you know, like they might be earning a lot. There's still just one little disaster or crisis away from, you know, being in a bit of a hole.
1: Well, the other thing is that they need to sit down and realize they're probably going to live to be 90 or above and, how am I going to pay my bills then when I, you know, you're not going to be working at 85. Most people are not. Yes. So, so how are you going to have the income necessary to pay, pay your expenses for these longer life expectancies? So that's why you need this plan, this context of what life looks like, what money for life looks
0: like. Yeah. What is the best way for people to connect with you if they want to continue the conversation? You can
1: get to me on financialverse.com, financialverse.com. It has my content books, uh, various, I do podcasts such as yours and and press appearances around the country.
0: It's all there. Awesome. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure today. Thank you so much for your time. All right, Adam. Thanks, you. Appreciate it. The Awaken Your Alpha Podcast, dragging down the finest alpha minds on the planet for you. This episode is sponsored by this week's featured guest, Harry Enstow, author, founder, and financial expert. Harry is the author of the Financial Verse books and content. All Financial Verse books are available from Amazon and national book retailers. If you've got any questions, want any help and advice, please do reach out to Harry and his Financial Verse organization based out of Florida. His cell number is 843-460-3218. And also on financialverse.com. Do the little guy a favor, subscribe and review. It'll help get him off my back ayalpha.com.